Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. How are you guys doing today? It is so exciting for me to be here. As uh, Pastor Brandon just said, I, we are one week removed from uh, Youth America Youth Camp, and we're still kind of riding that wave a little bit, and... Uh, and uh, I am so honored and privileged to be uh, the youth pastor here at Celebration Church with my amazing, beautiful wife right there. And uh, we love the opportunity to get to speak in uh, to these young people's lives and just, uh, just be able to pastor them. And so I, I just think that's an amazing opportunity. And because I'm on a time limit, I'm going to get rolling because Pastor Brandon is, is really harsh on that 25 minutes. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get going. Krista knows. Um, if you would, uh, we we are in a series called uh, Lightweight. And um, if you weren't here last week, it was uh, we're in part two of the series. Um, lightweight is basically it's we're talking about the process that we go through with God. We're talking about how do we have patience. Through that process, how do we handle the lightweights without thinking, "Hey, maybe we've been left behind," or, or maybe God has somehow stopped working in our lives? And, and honestly, that's that's what we're going to talk about today. If you would uh, turn to Hebrews six twelve or watch the screens, whatever it is you do, um, Hebrews six twelve says, "We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith." And patience inherit what has been promised. So right off the bat, we see that 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 Christ has something for us. He has an inheritance. He he has uh, promises for us. He has good things for us. But the way we get to those things is through faith and patience, through the light weight. Now I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Annette and I are um, photographers. She's more a photographer than I am. We, we own a photography studio here in town. And, um, and we've been photographers for, gosh, 20 years. Like, uh, Annette's been doing it for a long time. And we often will sit around and we'll have conversations about how photography has just changed, like, so much in these past few years. Like, it used to be completely different than it is right now. Like, like today, we, we often joke and kind of get annoyed sometimes, honestly, by, by, the, by these young people who can, who can go and you can, take your, you can take your phone out of your pocket right now. You've got a little mini computer right in, your, right in your pocket. And you can hold it up and you can take a selfie. If you're older like me, you've got to get up. You've got to get the, that angle. You guys know that, right? You've got to get that angle. And I, I have a theory about this. I, I think this is why... I think this is why women uh, like tall men. I'm just saying it's the angle. You see, they, they know, they're like, if I can find me a tall man, then that angle coming down, you know, they're always going to have a good point of view. You know, they're always going to optimal angle, right? I mean, they're thinking, hey, it could be years before he realizes there's another chin down here. Okay? It's, it's that optimal angle. But... But don't get me wrong, uh, uh, 
don't get me wrong, guys, you, you don't get off that easy because what women look for is a good personality, and I'm afraid it's the same thing because after a few years of this, you know, the unoptimal angle looking up at you, you know, they're going to be like, hey, at least he's got a good personality. <laughs> um, but... So you take that, I'm sorry, you take that picture and, and you, you get the right angle and you can edit it and you can put filters on it and stickers and banners and everything else and you can, if you want, hit send and, and you can send that uh, image across the world to a friend, relative, loved one. They can live in Hong Kong. Don't know why I chose that, that city, but sounds fun to say Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong and they'll get it immediately it's amazing and and what you don't understand is that when you when you click that button hundreds of thousands of mathematical equations and processes take place immediately now in olden times or not so long ago uh, as photographers we used to have to really have some foresight and vision into okay how do we want this image to look? What do we want this image to look like? And we'd have to say, okay, uh, we want to have this. We want to have this back, backdrop. We want to have the lighting like this. And then we would go to an actual store. Yeah, there used to be stores that sold these boxes of stuff called film. And, and you would have to go to stores, and there would just be rows and rows of film everywhere. And you would buy the film you needed uh, to, to fulfill the specific purpose of the vision that you had for that image. And, and you would get that film, and, and you'd bring it back, and you'd put it in your camera, and you'd do this little windy thingy. I don't know what it's called. It's some kind of spindle. Annette may know. I'm going to go with windy thingy. And you call it a windy thingy, and you wind the film on there, and then you shut it. And then you start taking a bunch of pictures, and you need a bunch of pictures because you don't have a screen to look at to be like, okay, I got it. And you never know when any of you that have taken pictures, you never know when your eye, everybody's eyes are open or your mouth's hanging open or you know who you are, this one guy that for some reason thinks if he looks into the lens of the camera, it's going to steal his soul. So he is just, for some reason, his eyes cocked off here, you know, into the corner. You know who you are, that, that person. But you have to take a lot of pictures because you have to make sure you get the one. And then the process has just started. And then, if you're lucky enough, you go into a dark room. And, and, and you have to do the windy thing again, except backwards this time. And then you take it out because you can't take it out. Light can't hit the film uh, before it's time or it ruins the entire roll. So you take it out and you, and you, and you put it through uh, some chemicals and it starts bringing out the negative. And then you look through all that. I know this is long. I'm trying to make it as short as possible. And you look and you go, okay, that's the one. That's the one I want. You clip it. You shoot it onto a specific size paper, a specific piece of paper. And then you start putting it through these chemicals. And it has to stay in this chemical for a certain amount of time. And then you move it, and it goes into this one, and then this one, and then this one, and so on and so forth. Until all of the desired processes have taken place. And then finally, you clip it up, and you wait a little longer. And then after it kind of drips dry a little bit, you take it out. Now it can be brought into the light. 
and you see, okay, the clarity has come out. The color is there. This is exactly the vision I had for this image. Now, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but our process with God is a lot more like the process of old school film processing than it is this point, click, shoot, a thousand processes take place and we shoot it across the world. You see, we live in 2018, and we're like, hey, we get everything right now today. I can order from Amazon before 11 o'clock. It'll be at my house tomorrow. Like, we can, sh we can shoot pictures and send them all over the world. We can order food from our favorite restaurants, and it'll be ready when we pick up. And I think sometimes as Christians, we try to superimpose our walk with Christ on, on top of this technology that we're so accustomed to. But what we don't understand is it takes time for God to develop us. You see, your creator, your heavenly father, has a specific vision for your life. He knows exactly what you're called to do. He knows exactly where you're called to go. He knows exactly who and how and when you're called to do it. And, and he knew that before the beginning of time. And when we come into this world and we come to Christ, that development process starts. And everything that you need to fulfill that process is already inside of you. But God is going to start to bring that out slowly but surely. And you may think, oh, this is taking forever. And he's going to put you in this one place for a specific amount of time while character is developed. And then he's going to take you out of there and put you here. And maybe he's developing God's word in your life. And he's going to take you out of there and put you in this one. And maybe he's teaching you how to deal with others and relationships. And maybe patience. And maybe empathy. And maybe anointing. And on and on until everything you need to complete your intended purpose is brought out. And then finally he's going to click, clip you up there. And it's going to be another little lightweight. And suddenly... Everything's going to start coming into focus. The colors are going to start to pop. And he's going to say, this is exactly what I intended for you to be. Exactly how I intended you to do it. Amen. When God is in control of our development, patience is needed to finish the process. Romans 5, 3, 3 through 5 says, and not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. Don't you hate scriptures like this? I mean, really, like you come across these and you're like, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm hoping for, God. We exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, this perseverance, this is like a whole nother kind of patience. This is like patience on steroids. Like, like patience, you know, you're waiting around. You're like, oh, God, I'm waiting on you. You're just waiting, and, and you're going to do something in my life. Perseverance, the very definition of perseverance means, okay, I'm got a goal in mind. I've got a place I'm supposed to be. I've got a place I'm supposed to go. And you work towards that thing constantly and you're trying to achieve it and yet you never get there. That's what perseverance is. It's continuing to work towards something and never get there. Now I don't know if you guys 
are aware of this, you may be looking at me up here and go, hey, isn't that the guy that drives a scooter around here all the time? And is this a miracle we're witnessing? Do we need to start jumping up and down and break out the tambourines and run around? I came out of a spirit-filled church that was pretty close to that, you know, like kind of kind of crazy. And, uh, and I want to say that, um, uh, first off, Celebration Church has been a tambourine-free tambourine zone for at least seven years. Uh, I, I, would, I know I would like to keep it that way. I'm certain Pastor Brandon and the worship team would like to keep it that way because for some reason, tambourine players, you know, God bless you if there's any of you here, they, you know, you're really exuberant and you play really loud and you have no rhythm. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, we're, we're happy, we're happy that, that it's, it's been a tambourine-free zone for that long. But, um, but I do believe that it is a miracle that I'm here, here right now. I believe it's a miracle that I'm standing on this stage able to teach and preach the Word of God to you today. Because about seven years ago, uh, I was sitting at my desk at work, and all of a sudden my entire world started spinning, literally just spinning. And I, and I wasn't able to get my balance, and, and, the, and the right side of my body was you know, kind of wonky, and I was ha having kind of some trouble walking, and we were concerned, okay, what if this is, you know, some kind of whatever mini stroke or something like that, and so we wanted to go, go to the doctors and make sure everything was fine, and we went to the doctors, and they, they put us through the scans, and they put us through the MRI machines, which, by the way, are an invention of the devil. I'm sorry, but whoever, you know, I'm pretty certain if anybody's gone through one of those, you know, Maybe you're into that thing, kind of thing. I don't know. But, uh, you know, for me, tight spaces, half naked, caged down, lots of loud noises. I'm not, I'm not into that, but, but maybe you are. So, so I went through all that, went through the scans, and they, they said, there's nothing there. You know, that's, you're good. Like nothing, you know, nothing, the cognitive test and all that were good. And they're like, but there is something going on here. And to make a long story short, we started a process uh, of chasing after a diagnosis for about three and a half, four years, and, and unsuccessfully, I, I might add. And, and at the beginning, you know, they were throwing, throwing around all sorts of uh, big words and, and, uh, and uh, kind of bad diseases and stuff. And, and my mind, if you know me, my mind kind of races and makes everything really big really fast. And, and um, I just was you know, concentrated on all these negative things. So I just started pouring the Word of God in, into my life. I started reading the Bible. I'm not kidding. I listened to at least a thousand or more like sermon podcasts just, just to get the Word uh, in, into my life, mainly because it could keep my mind off of, off of what was going on in it. And I was just trying to have some peace there. And I just sort of did that. And that was kind of happening down on the baseline. But, but here on top, here in the actual real world in my day-to-day, -day, boy, I just felt like I was in Christian LifeLock commercial, and I didn't have LifeLock. I, I just felt like the enemy was, was stealing piece by piece of me one bit at a time. I felt like ministries were being taken away. I felt like purpose was being taken away. I felt like vision and the future was being taken away. And I honestly was just a shell of the person that I had once been. And the future was not even on my radar anymore. I was just kind of existing in this place. I'd sort of slowly withdrawn from church and wasn't super involved as I was. 
and it was a tough time for me. And for whatever reason, toward the end of that process, I, I got to this place where, where the doctor's like, I went to a specialist and came back, and he's like, you know, Dave, we, we've done every test in the world, and we can't figure out what this is. And he said, so I don't know what it is, but here, take this medicine. Maybe it'll help. It's going to have some side effects, but, uh, you know, give it a shot. And I gladly took it and, and you know, and took the medicine and, and tried it. And, and sure enough, it had side effects. And, and I was uh, now worse than I was before because I was actually adding to my symptoms. And, and for whatever reason, that triggered something in me that said, if I'm willing to take medicine from a doctor who clearly tell, told me, hey, man, I don't even know what's going on with you, but try this. I'm willing to take that. Then why am I not willing to stand on God's word to say, okay, I'm going to put my faith and trust in you. I'm going to trust that your word is what it says it is. And, and from that day on, I went, I bought me a big old box from Concordia Supply, I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's basically church supply company. I have a box of communion cups just like we serve here in, our, here in the sanctuary. And I started taking communion every night like that was my prescription. I started taking uh, God's body, Christ's body, and his blood as my prescription. Every, every morning before I got up, I started waking up saying, hey, I don't care how I felt. I didn't care if my legs hurt. I didn't care if I was dizzy. I didn't care if I had weird sensations or feelings going on, it, I would wake up and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He was beaten for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. And by his stripes, I'm healed. I would go on to say, Father, your word says that as Christ is in heaven, so am I in this world. And let me tell you something. Christ's legs are not hurting in heaven. And mine are not hurting in this world. And I would get up and I'd go throughout my day. Now look, my symptoms were still there. My symptoms are still here. But something happened. Something was happening underneath. During the time of waiting, during the trial, during the perseverance, God was developing me. God was strengthening. God was changing my character. God was uh, teaching me his word. He was teaching me, honestly, even how to speak his word better. He was teaching me empathy. I used to walk up to sick people and say, hey, be healed in the name of Jesus. And if they weren't healed, I'd be like, hey, something's wrong with your faith. That wasn't me trying to be cocky. I was coming from a place of faith. I was coming from, well, I believe that, that you can be healed. But I had no real understanding for what they were going through. And, and so God started to teach me these things. And pretty soon, the vision started coming back. And pretty soon, the dreams started coming back. And pretty soon, the ministry started coming back. And pretty soon, I started getting back involved in church. And then something really crazy happened. God started putting into me new visions and new dreams that were bigger and better than anything I'd ever seen before. And, and you want to know what? I'm, I'm doing those. I'm fulfilling those. I'm seeing those things through. And it's happening from a scooter. And, and God is still working in me because he's developed me and sharpened me and, and, and changed me. Don't belittle the process. God is using patience 
to strengthen your character. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Look, I understand that, that you have plans. I understand that you may think you know exactly what God's plans are for your life. Or maybe you're walking through life fulfilling those plans that God has for you. And it feels like you're just going through battle after battle. I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter. God's plan for you is going to prevail. His plan for your life, he cares more about fulfilling uh, your lives and your hearts and your, the plan in your life more than you do. He wants to see that thing done in your life today. I can't tell you the number of times that, that I stood in my room or out on my front porch looking at the stars saying, God, where are you? Where are you in this process? Where are you? Why, why aren't you here intervening? Why aren't you here doing something? Can I submit to you this? The question may not be, where is God in our process? The question may be, where are we in His? You see, He's sharpening us, honing us, teaching us, um, just working on our character and our abilities. Can you hang on a little longer? Isaiah 40, 31 through 41 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Finally, Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You see, patience has a purpose. There's a point to it. There's an end game. If there's a, if there's a point A, then there's a point B that God is trying to get us to. When I, was a, when I was a teenager, I used to go with a, a, there's another minister in town. I used to go with him, and we'd play guitars at a, at a nursing home. We'd play guitars for the men's side of the nursing home. And, and we would go, and we would play music and, and play some worship songs for, the, for these men. And then we'd sit down, and we'd just talk with them. And while we were talking with them, they would tell us these stories of their lives that were just amazing and, and harrowing stories. And, and they would start and they would say, hey, we've come out of, of the worst poverty you can imagine. We've come from brokenness. We've come from addiction. We've, we've been through wars where we've seen brothers in arms die in front of our eyes. I've had uh, so many issues with relationships, and I've had so many issues with habitual sins that it almost killed me. And, and they would tell these stories, and they'd go through their lives, and we'd just be, you know, sitting there wide-eyed, just watching the whole time, listening to what they're saying, and they'd finish, and we'd just be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I, I can't believe you went through that. I can't believe you're even still here today to tell this story. But do you know what? Almost to the single one of them, almost every single one of them ended by saying this. They said, don't get me wrong, boy. I did have a hard life. But you know what? If I had it to do all over again, 
I wouldn't change a thing. That's amazing. And they would finish by saying, because if I did, I would not be the person I am today. You see, these men understood process. These men understood that, that the weights in life, that the persevering times in life were more than just a hard time. They could look back on it and say, oh, I see, God, when I was coming through poverty and I was coming through this trial, you actually were teaching me how, how, to do, how to live and how to be and how to bring me to this level of triumph that I had here. And, and then they'd come through and say, and then I came through sickness, and then I came through this war, but yet had I not gone through that, I couldn't have achieved this victory here because you were teaching me and honing me through those processes. And on and on and on until finally they get to the end and they say, and now here I stand in the twilight of my years, completely almost finished with my life, standing in my purpose, understanding that you have had a path for me the entire way. And I know that you guys right now can look back and see your hand on your life. If you truly look back, you can look back and see God's hand guiding you through. God is refining us through his process. But some patience is required. If you are here today and you feel like you're going from valley to valley to valley, and you're like, hey, man, there's, I just don't see a way out of this. I don't see there's no way out. It's just, it's just been dark for so long that I feel like the light's never going to come over, and, and, and I'm just never going to get out of this. If that's you, I'm here to tell you, and I want to encourage you, that a breakthrough is in your future, but some patience may be required. If you're going from sickness and have disease in your life and you feel like God has just hit the pause button on your ministry, on your calling, on the things that he's called you to do, I'm here to tell you that healing is in your future, but some patience might be required. If you're living from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, you're like, hey, Dave, I don't know if I can get through the next week, much less the next month. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm here to tell you that we serve a God of abundance, and abundance is in your future, but some patience might be required. If you, like me, have gone from battle to battle to battle, and you get through one battle just to be smacked in the face again with another one, I'm here to tell you that the promises of God are yes and amen. And I don't care what you're going through. Can you hang on a little longer? Can you give God another time, another light weight? I'm here to tell you victory is in your future. But some patience may be required. The bottom line is this. Hold on tightly. To the promises of God. It's just a matter of time. He, he'll come through for you. He, he's not going to leave you there. He's going to come after you and chase after you. Don't be discouraged. Just hang on just a little bit longer. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.